0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley.
2: has been a historical franchise in this league for years.
1: We have a trade to announce the Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello,
3: everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Once again, getting closer to that NBA trade deadline. We've got a lot of news to get through today. And then we're also going to talk buyers and sellers while i keep my fingers crossed and hope that my power stays on for the entire time i've been dealing with power outages today so keith hopefully we can get through this without any craziness happening
4: yeah no doubt just to make uh, 90 percent of the country unhappy it is a beautiful 80 degrees here in orlando florida today
3: (laughs) (laughs) and here i've got i've got frozen tree branches falling on power lines around me and you're you're hanging out in shorts and sandals whatever Whatever. <laughs> yep,
4: that's exactly. I can't see the bottom half, but I've got shorts and sandals on go. for sure. I called it. I called it.
3: <laughs> all right, let's let's yeah. let's get into the news here. Um, start off, uh, Lance Stevenson. You know, we've talked about this a bit, that there were going to be some guys who made the most of their opportunities due to hardship situations where they get signed on, and Lance Stevenson was one of those guys with the Pacers. Sounds like he's going to stick with them for the remainder of the season.
4: Yeah, four 10-day contracts, two hardship and two standard and then I believe he did uh one or two with the Atlanta Hawks, but now he's back uh, to of stick uh with the Pacers. They are uh, extremely shorthanded still They're they're still now uh, a whole bunch of different guys. Uh, last night was a just a mess against the Orlando Magic. Isaiah Jackson was there only healthy guy above six foot six and he got hurt 22 seconds into the game uh contesting a jump shot and they played the rest of the game like a uh i was gonna say like a mid-major college team but their mid-major college teams are bigger uh you know and then they lost uh to yeah at the end of the game to to the magic so uh yeah but lance stevenson gonna stick around you know cool story, right? That, you know, made it back after this long out of the league, went the G League route, did all that stuff. So, yeah, as you said, you know, a couple guys made it.
3: Yep. Welcome back, Lance. The three guitar returns. Uh, the Cavs get a disabled player exception for Colin Sexton. Again, we know that he was going to be out for the season, although I did see some talk that maybe there was a chance he could be back around playoff time. But regardless, yeah. they will get the opportunity to go sign somebody else. It's not going to be a ton of money, but you know, maybe something that they could use at some point.
4: Yeah, about 3.2 million. Uh, is is this DPE amount for Colin Sexton uh, that they're going to get uh, 3.17 if we want to get super technical about it, uh, half of his salary. And and they, they uh, uh, were granted this uh, in recent days, so this will help them maybe did, going into the trade deadline. Maybe they use that for a small acquisition. We've already talked about what a disabled player exception is and isn't on uh, prior shows. And all this means is that an independent doctor said it's more likely than not that Colin Sexton won't play. Play, uh, the rest of the season so that doesn't mean he's definitely out but that that's what what the dp means
3: the Cavs are also mentioned as the team that's interested in trading for guess what? guess who jeremy grant pretty much every <laughs> team is interested in trading for jeremy grant right now as well as harrison barnes uh, not a surprise I, again most of the teams that are out there as buyers have at least checked in on jeremy grant on his availability and harrison barnes is another name we talked about him yesterday he's a guy that can fit pretty much anywhere. He can fit alongside a lot of different kinds of lineups, so not a surprised to see his name pop up there either, but good to hear that the Cavs are looking to be buyers and looking to add pieces. This has been a great season for them, and they could really make some noise in the playoffs, particularly if they get a little boost here at the trade deadline.
4: Yeah, probably more likely to go guard than yeah. than forward for for them but uh the Utah Jazz also uh Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer uh in one of his uh pieces this week said that they are looking at forwards uh who can defend like like wings so uh, so Barnes and Grant kind of fit there uh and then Joe Ingles expiring contract would be the salary match in in such a trade so uh you know we'll see you know where where this goes we're we're week out from the deadline and uh we we're talking a little bit before it's been very quiet but sometimes that means things are getting done uh, versus things are getting, uh, you know, just kind of batted around and it leaked out there. So uh, speaking of things, getting it done, Portland, uh, let's mm. see. Right. We we've kind of been all over the gamut with these guys. Are they going to tear it down? Are they going to start over all this in Portland? It's your GM Joe Cronin. Uh, replaced Neil O'Shea after he was fired uh, mid-season. Uh, he basically said, "Is hey, we have to take a big-picture approach to things, but uh, knowing it's uh, you know still the small picture still matters, um, that he is uh, basically, he was asked, do they think it is time for an overhaul or reset? And he said, we are looking at all different scenarios. Reset is a big word. We're too competitive to want to do that, so it depends on what you mean by reset. Then was asked, Uh, does what if reset means long-term rebuild no i don't think we have the appetite to tear it all the way down we have too many good players in too many ways to get better without taking too big of a step back so uh that says to me they are not doing full-scale fire sale you know maybe still yusuf nurkic or uh uh, robert covington or somebody like that gets moved but but definitely I, i don't think we're gonna see um Damian Lillard, maybe not even CJ McCollum, unless they return somebody who can play right away for Portland.
3: Yeah, I mean that was my initial thought too. Was as much as people want to say, oh, but they really need to rebuild. Well, but think about what that means. If you if you say the word rebuild, that means goodbye Damian Lillard, right? That's yep. and that's I totally understand why they would not be ready to go over that hurdle just yet. So. I understand it from that perspective saying we're not going to necessarily rebuild. I don't know if I agree that they've got the pieces to really go out there and change things on the fly and jump back up to the top of the Western Conference or anything. But going that route, if you say we're going to do a long-term rebuild, that's the nuclear option. That means Damian Lillard is gone. That means everybody is going. Um, And I can understand the hesitation from the Portland side to go that far with this.
4: Yep, absolutely. All right. Want to get into the long-awaited Western Conference buyers and sellers? I think we're we're through the news. We told you it's a light news today. Uh, so let's get into it. We'll we'll go in alphabetical order, so I'll hit them, because I know you're going to be looking at the standings uh, here. And if you're interested in my longer thoughts, you can read over at SpotTrack. I have an article up on the Western Conference buyers and sellers. Uh, but at the top of the West, alphabetically, uh, closer to the top in the standings, mm-hmm. the Dallas Mavericks, uh, alphabetically by city. Uh, let, let me state that too. Um, they basically, I think the Mavericks are in a really tricky spot because I they think they'd like to be buyers, but they don't have a whole lot to buy with, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Being hurt. That's tricky. Um, Dwight Powell could get sent out. I guess they could send another uh pick out if they really wanted to, but they still owe a pick from the Kristaps Porzingis trade uh, a few years back. So that's that's the hard part. And then Brunson, uh Jalen Brunson and uh Dorian Finney-Smith their team, the guys that teams are interested in all over the place, but it sounds like it's starting to turn towards Dallas just wants to keep them and, and resign them and figure out all the rest of it later. So we may have seen the Mavs kind of more or less sit this one out and hope for just hope for some better health.
3: Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think the the Mavs are buyers if the opportunity is there. Otherwise, They're just they're sitting out. They're not they're not sellers. They're definitely not going to be sellers here. They're either going to buy or they're going to do nothing because you look at where they are in the standing, sitting in the five seed um, could Mm -hmm. potentially, depending on what happens with Utah, could potentially try to make a push for that four seed. Now that Utah has slipped quite a bit. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that the Mavs are in an interesting position. They don't have to buy. I don't know that they have the assets to buy, but they're definitely not going to sell.
4: that's it uh Denver Nuggets I think clearly they are they' neither they're definitely not selling um I think their their big move I bear quotes around that was to go get Bryn Forbes who uh shored up a weakness with shooting and boy as he shot the heck out it's getting to Denver um but their big acquisitions are going to be Jamal Murray and maybe Michael Porter Jr uh that that's that's going to be where it is and though those are not uh you know obviously trade acquisitions but they're definitely going to get uh, Murray back uh, probably sometime within the next month-ish, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, early to, to mid-March, uh, and then we'll see if Porter can get back or not. They did get a disabled peer exception, so that means that Independent Medical Review thought Porter wouldn't get back, but if he does, you know, hey, bonus there, but I, I think Denver... Maybe a move around the edges, you know, just to kind of shore up the rotation. But I think they'll probably be relatively quiet and just run with what they have and hope those guys will come back and give them a boost.
3: Absolutely. Agreed. And uh, look, I mean, Denver set up their team specifically to try to contend with this group. They've paid a lot of guys, but that also means there's some limited flexibility moving forward for them. But again, they're kind of similar to, to Dallas in that they'll be a buyer if the right deal is sitting there for them. But most likely they're they're probably not doing much.
4: Yep. Uh, Golden State Warriors, this one is quick. They're probably doing nothing. Uh, they're probably going to uh, sit this out entirely. They're, they're not going to trade James Wiseman. Uh, his value is as low as it could possibly get. He hasn't returned yet, so so that's just not a move. That Your hope there is get him back. Get him, you know, at least showing something the rest of the way, and then maybe you do something this off season with him as the centerpiece of a trade. But the other thing is they they just don't have a ton of needs, and they don't have any easy kind of cuts that they want to move on their roster of get rid of this guy or get rid of that guy. So I, I I think you're what you see is what you get with the Warriors that they're they're gonna sit this thing out maybe out season, but I don't even think that happens for them just because I think they like their guys uh, one through fifteen right now.
3: We're making the West sound so boring. Like the, the first three teams, were like, yeah, they're, they're not doing <laughs> we'll anything. We'll they're sitting it. out. <laughs> but but I agree on, on the Warriors, hundred percent.
4: Yeah, the Houston Rockets. Now these guys are sellers. Uh, but what what are you selling? Uh, you know, John Wall, sure. You know, uh, hey Lakers, you're throwing a first round pick with Russell Westbrook. John Wall is yours. Um, I, my guess is I've said this. This is either takes to the off season or we'll see if uh they can do a Blake Griffin type situation where trade deadline passes and Wall is like yo what I'll get back some money cuz I want to play. Um, we'll see. Uh but then DJ Augustin definitely they would move him if they they need to. We've talked it over and over and over again who needs a point guard. There's a handful of teams but guys like Dennis Schroeder, maybe Spencer Dinwiddie, those are probably better options for teams that are looking for point guards. Uh, Daniel Tice, very available. Let's see what happens with Christian Wood. I think they'd have to be kind of bowled over by an offer to, to, to move Wood. They actually uh, talked uh, in the last couple games about they want to get more minutes with him and Alpern Schengen together to see what that looks like uh, with those two. So that yeah. kind of leaves Eric Gordon. So maybe, but they're asking for a first round pick and we kind of laughed about it on a recent show of like, that seems like it's crazy, but the way Gordon has played, that's really not all that, you know, insane of an ask, especially if it's coming from a team whose picks going to be in the
3: twenty. Absolutely makes all the sense in the world for them to try to move Gordon right now. If they can, again, this is probably the highest his value is going to be. So you do what you can do. If they can get the first great, they'll take it, run with it. I seem to. I kind of feel like it's going to be more like a heavily protected first. If it's a first, maybe it'll be a first that really is two seconds, something like that. Is what they'll yeah. wind up getting. But uh, but I do think that they have reason to make a move with Eric Gordon right now. So wouldn't be surprised as much as they've pushed back if we do see him with a new destination uh, come the trade deadline.
4: Yep, Uh L.A. Clippers uh, probably would have been buyers if Paul George hadn't gotten hurt because you would have been looking at and saying all right Paul George and then Kawhi Leonard and go from there but We're in a spot where uh, Now it's probably likely They'll just kind of set this one out We'll retool a little bit this offseason Around George and Leonard see what it looks like Uh, If anything I would keep an eye on Maybe they move off a guy Like Eric Bledsoe in a salary Clearing move maybe you could could Talk to uh, Oklahoma City or Orlando that are sitting on big trade Exceptions and see if they'd get interested In taking uh, on his contract For something because that would uh, Save them major major luxury tax uh payments and yeah they have the richest owner in maybe sports at least in the nba but i think he still has a limit too of how much he wants to pay for a team that's going to be in the play so probably
3: a minor move here if anything from from the clippers at this yep. point and we'll see we'll see uh on paul george Kawhi leonard it feels like it all kind of hinges on paul george like if paul george doesn't wind up coming back <laughs> then Kawhi leonard probably doesn't come back either at least that's that's kind of the sense i'm getting right
4: yeah, I, I'm complete agreement with you. I don't think there's yeah. no reason to bring Kawhi back if Paul George isn't going to play. You're just not the you're not a contender at that point. If if you could get them both back, you could say, all right, get through the play and you know we like our chances against Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis. Even you know if we could you know land in that spot or something like that. So yeah, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. I think you will like this. I said they're kind of like when you were you had the the toy catalog at Christmas and you were like. Man, I want all this stuff, and you, you know, circled all of it, but you knew like Santa had to come through <laughs> with a miracle to to get it. Well, I mean, that's kind of where Lakers are at, right? They they've offered the the package, the uh, THT non pick package to basically everybody, uh, and nothing. No one has has jumped at it yet. I, I do I do think if they get a little more serious with that pick and maybe take protections off it and say all right we'll just send that pick, you know, completely unencumbered or if they could do something with New Orleans where hey we're gonna send you a little something a uh, free free up and you take the uh twenty twenty five or twenty twenty four pick and then that frees them up to trade twenty twenty six, then they could trade two, you know, let's see, you know, maybe that gets something there. But yeah, um and then I wrote, you know, just forget a Russell Westbrook trade. That's not happening. If that happens, it's gonna happen this summer. But yeah, you know, we We kind of know where things
3: stand. Absolutely. I've talked about it a ton, obviously, over on Lakers Nation. Their trade package doesn't have a ton of value around the NBA. THT has not been good uh, this season. Kendrick Nunn has not played at all, so hard to give a lot of value for that. Really, we're talking about the pick, and then you've got matching salaries in there to try to work with. It'll be an uphill battle. We know the Lakers would like to make a move, but I've been predicting all along. Most likely, what we see out of the Lakers— is something to free up a roster spot where they pay with cash, with a second round pick, get somebody to take on a DeAndre Jordan, Kent Bazemore, somebody like that. OKC, their ears are burning right now. Somebody would, would get paid to do something like that. That's a very minor move, but that's the most likely thing we see the Lakers do at the trade deadline, but it won't be for a lack of trying.
4: Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Uh interesting spot for the grizzlies they're way better than i think anybody thought except for maybe uh folks in memphis Um, also as an aside i love that they are talking trash to everybody and letting them know if you don't like it stop them you know maybe you know beat them then you know they they won't talk as much like i i think it's great i you know the nba's best one uh there's you know guys who are talking junk and embracing that role and those kind of things. And I thought that was uh, you know, phenomenal when John Morant said, you bumped us off national TV, you know, well, what happened to the team you put on instead of us? You know, and they they stomped mm-hmm. the the Knicks. So uh but trade line wise, I don't know that we see a whole heck of a lot. I think they're they gonna be cautious. They've been Fairly cautious. Yeah, absolutely should. Uh, they've been cautious in this build up the whole way. I think they're gonna continue to kind of take their time here, see what they got. I think they're really looking forward to to have a real playoff run, and that'll help us know what do we need going forward, you know, around John Morant, around Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, what are our real needs? And then they can address those things going forward. But they've got a couple interesting expiring players, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones. Jared Culver, just by reports that teams are interested. Um, it's more of a uh, mm-hmm. salary match than anything. So let, let, let's see. Yo, but I, I think they'll probably be pretty quiet.
3: You can derail a team's trajectory if you're too hesitant to make a deal, if you overvalue your own assets, if you don't take the opportunities that are in front of you. But you can also derail, derail your trajectory if you are overly aggressive and you're too eager to make a move and say, okay, we're going to contend now. You can hurt yourself. In the long run if you don't just kind of allow that build up to happen organically so i do think the memphis grizzlies if they are cautious that is the correct approach if something that makes sense falls in their laps cool you go for it but otherwise i think they've got something really good going and you don't want to mess too much with that in either direction because that can lead to disaster
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
4: If we're in this spot a year from now, mm-hmm. gotta go. Then it's time to go. Now it's time to start pushing it. Because otherwise you wait so long and then what if it doesn't come? Right then then there. But right now, you'll go. Yep. All right, let's jump to Minnesota. They're trying, man. They are trying to buy. They've been in on Ben Simmons all year. Uh, They've been dangling Malik Beasley, Torian Prince. Uh, There's been some Patrick Beverly rumors out there that they want defensive help. They want uh, forward help. They want uh, someone with shooting range. They they wouldn't mind a backup point guard uh, to come in. But I I think they're going to do something because they've got a bunch of movable contracts that are uh, coming up and expiring. But I think they're going to be I, my guess is they're going to keep calling Philly like that annoying guy in your fantasy league. It's like, dude, you have nothing I want, and it's like, yeah, but you know, you, you still don't want to trade. You know that really good running back. You know, for my, you have know, four good wide receivers that are kind of okay, but have injury issues. Um, that's what they feel like to me. Uh, but then, barring that, and I don't think that's going to be the direction it goes. Despite the dream, I think Simmons would be perfect in Minnesota. Um, I think that they'll they'll get. Get something done just because of the number of players on expiring deals. It's it's too good of an opportunity to miss up or to miss out on to mess up getting pushed up into the playoff.
3: And of um, course, race. we've talked about this. It's been a while since they've been in, in the playoff mix, and now they've got a chance to really solidify their status here. So this is they've got all the motivation in the world to make a move. So much motivation that it would be surprising if they didn't make a move. So I do expect them to do something. Exactly what that is, though, it's hard to see. Because like you said, it doesn't quite feel like they've got enough to interest Philly for Ben Simmons. Can they get in on Jeremy Grant? Can they get in on a Harrison Barnes? Somebody like that. I do think they'll pull something off. It's just hard to tell at this point exactly what that is.
4: Yep. I completely agree. All right. New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know what to make of these guys. They, they're they are hard to peg because you look at it and you say, I oh, should probably be looking to see what they could do for Sadoransky, uh, maybe Josh Hart. His contract was always designed to be very, very tradable. But then you hear like, hey, they're interested in C.J. McCollum. They're interested in other players, and and we'll see. I mean, they're not completely out of it. They are a game and a half behind Portland. So if Portland maybe takes a sidestep. We're going to get to them in just a second, but we just talked about, they're not going to tear it down. Um, So Portland's probably going to hang right around 10 for the rest of the way. So maybe new Orleans runs them down and catches them. And maybe that's worth, you know, investing in and all right. Hey, we got, this guy, my guess is if they do anything, it's got to be someone like McCollum who would be there for the rest of this year for help, but then would also be there for the next couple of years um, because then then you can say, and maybe convince yourself, all right, we made a little bit of a run and we got to look at what it looks like. Now we get to add Zion to this next
3: Absolutely, season. that's it exactly. They have to be careful that whatever move they make, it's not just a one-year Band-Aid move. It's, okay, let's make a move if we can find a guy that we think can be here for the next three, four seasons or whatever, then that's the type of move that they should be looking at. I don't know if you push all in to try to win right now, because realistically, if you jump up to the 10 seed, what good does that really do you in the long run? Does that really help you out that much? Not if you're sacrificing assets in order to get there, but if you can get something that you think can help you, not just this season, but in future seasons as well, then you go ahead and you consider it.
4: Absolutely spot on. Yep. Uh, Then let's jump to the Oklahoma City (laughs) Thunder. We know what the situation is here. They are going to be assuming their trade exceptions expire, which is is – to happen. They're going to be $30 million under the, the salary cap here. So uh, they're going to be everybody's third team in, fourth team in. Uh, hey, you know, like you mentioned, the Lakers looking to dump a salary. You mentioned OKC you know, will be there with waiting arms. Uh, you know, anybody who needs to move off money to lower or get out of the tax entirely, their first call is probably going to Sam Presty. Uh, so we know where the, where they're at. I don't expect them to do anything as far as moving any of their their good players like Ken Rich Williams or anybody like that it just doesn't make sense but but we, we know what the deal is with the Thunder oh
3: yeah I, I fully expect if you call Sam Presti let's say Sam Presti in the middle of a meeting and you call him up and you get his voicemail his voice voicemail probably goes something like hey this is Sam sorry I couldn't get get to your call let me know how many picks you can give me and I'll get back to you that's it <laughs> yep that's what it. they want is picks and so i i think they will get some more picks i think that's going to happen but um yeah I, I wouldn't expect them to buy or anything like that they'll be a they'll be a seller and yep. they're looking to get picks that so they'll sell cap room if they can
4: yep absolutely all right phoenix suns um they're buyers but they don't need a whole lot they're one of the deeper teams in the league as far as quality depth goes in their eight nine man rotation um Dario Saric, they're they're you know offering him out, out there if they can do anything because that's again one of my favorite terms right now a no production loss trade uh, for the Suns so you know we'll, we'll we'll see my I wouldn't be surprised though if they ultimately keep Saric and they just roll with what they have. Agreed. Yeah, they being the the top seed
3: means that you've got the ability to be choosy and if so the right thing comes along then great and if not that's okay we're still a top seed and look like the best team in the NBA right now.
4: Yep, absolutely. Uh 11 yeah, straight now bad. I think for them. Yeah, they're they're doing all right. Uh all right, Portland, we already talked a little bit about Portland. Sounds like no full-scale teardown is coming down. Uh let's see what happens with CJ McCollum. The size of his contract always makes it more likely that's an off-season thing than an in-season thing. Uh there's been buzz around Norman Powell, Larry Nance, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic. Portland will get out of the tax They're very close to being out of the tax, so that will happen. My guess is that happens in a Robert Covington trade because I just don't think he's a long-term piece for them, but I don't know that we see anything beyond that. I think they move Covington take back, you know, the minimal amount of money that they can. And then they stay on a, um, they stay on a path to continue to do what they do while also avoiding the tax. And then maybe bigger changes this summer as they, they, I know they don't want to use the term reset, but I'll use a reset around Damian Lillard.
3: Agreed. And like you said, we already talked quite a bit of blazers. So I don't really have a whole lot to add there other than I think Covington is a guy who might get some interest around the league. I just wouldn't be expecting like a massive return or anything like that. It, It'll be a, a moderate asset to, to come back
4: for him. I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. You ready? I think where he may land may be the Lakers. I was kind of thinking that too. <laughs> and I think maybe Kendrick Nunn goes off somewhere else. Uh, maybe he goes to OKC or something like that and, and Covington lands in the Lakers. Not a bad mm-hmm. get for the Lakers cuz he's played that small ball 5 role before for Houston if they want to continue to play super small but it just that that seems like a more reasonable target than trying to get Jeremy Grant or any of those other yep. guys.
3: Agreed. I was actually looking at that trade yesterday. So, who knows, could end up happening, yeah. but do keep in mind the Blazers are loath to do anything with the Los Angeles Lakers, so that could end up being a factor. <laughs> we'll see. True.
4: Yeah. All right, Sacramento, we've talked a lot about the Kings, so we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but just the Kings are – the kings right they they maybe they should be full-scale sellers and selling off a whole bunch of stuff and keeping tyrese Halbert and uh, Damian mitchell and building around those guys but it sounds like they don't want to do that it sounds like you know maybe harrison barnes maybe buddy healed Marvin bagley i think will get moved at some point it's shocking that it hasn't happened yet um you know let's see but i i think they're going to look different after the trade deadline, but I don't know that it's going to be major, you know, massive, you know, full-scale rebuild or anything like that because I just don't think they want to go that path again.
3: They're sellers, but it feels like they think they should be buyers. You know, yeah, like, I think that's the, just the best way to to sum up what what Sacramento's got going on right now. I I don't think they're good enough as is. I think they've got some pieces with some value. And if they find the right moves, then maybe they can cash those in and maybe instead of getting trade assets they can find or future picks or whatever, they can uh, they can get some pieces that can help them kind of reshuffle things right now. But otherwise, I don't think this is a team that as constructed has what it takes and they need to get what they can for some of these guys because I don't think their value is going to go up next year.
4: completely agreed. do you know what they are they're my grandmother my grandmother used to do yard sales or garage sales i know people call them different things different places in the country she would do those to sell a whole bunch of stuff to then go to other people's yard sales and garage sales to buy a whole bunch of crap to then sell it hers next year so that's yeah. what the sacrament that's a like.
3: great analogy that's a great one yep. okay
4: <laughs> all right this this one will be super duper quick yep The Spurs already made an in-season move, which was shocking enough that that even happened as they traded Brent Forbes away. The only other one will be Thad Young. If they're going to do anything, it'll be Thad Young. I hope they do because get something small back for him. At least you ought to be able to pull that off. Um, you know, for there. But if not, he'll get bought out because he's certainly not going to be there. Uh, you know, by by the uh end of February, he'll be on a different team. I'll say whether it's trade or buy but that that'll be it from the Spurs. They just don't do in season stuff. Yeah, that's that's easy. I agree. <laughs> yep. All right, Utah Jazz. This one obviously changed with Joe Ingles going down. They had offered him up. They'd offered a down-the-line first-round pick because they have a couple uh, picks that they still owe that they have to convey out to to, uh, other teams. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's been tossed out there, but he has not played all that well this year. The Jazz are pushing. We already talked. They're in on Jeremy Grant. They're in on Harrison Barnes. They're trying to do something because they, I think, very much have the right read that. We're in a tough spot here. We, we got to win. Otherwise, things are going to start to get a lot of questions asked. Um, they're more expensive than they've ever been uh, at any point. So that's also you know adding to, to this intrigue here. So I think you're going to see the Jazz be pretty busy over the next uh, week here as they try to you know, really buoy that roster around Gobert and Mitchell. Um, Nothing will happen with them clearly now. But if they get bounced early in the playoffs again, that's going to get to be real, real noise this going into this summer of, you know, can you win with those two guys? Do you need to move one of those two? What does that look like?
3: Yeah, I think the Joe Angles thing definitely – changes what they can get out there on the market. I think that they are highly motivated to get something done, to find something, to get themselves back up to where they were, to be one of those top three teams in the Western Conference. For a while, they looked like they could be the team to come out of the West, and they have certainly slipped since then. The challenge with Jordan Clarkson, something I've talked about a lot, is when you have a guy who's making a career as essentially a bad shot maker, kind of a a bailout, a one-man offense type of guy who you can give the ball to when everything else falls apart and say, here, go create something is a lot of their value is tied to their field goal, their three-point percentage, their ability to score efficiently in those situations. And that's not always a sticky stat. So if that starts to slip, their value decreases drastically with it. And that's what we're seeing from Clarkson this season, where he's shooting low 30% from three, shooting what, 40% from the field. That's not quite where teams want him to be in terms of efficiency. I think he still has some value, but not as much as he would have, say,
4: last season. Yeah, absolutely. And that might be one where on-his-guard deal... Just keep him if you're mm-hmm. Utah, hope he can find the stroke again, and then you keep things moving. All right, that was your Western Conference Buyers and Sellers with, a couple days later than we wanted to be, but news came up that we covered instead uh, with that. But, but there you go. You got it. We're one week to the trade deadline, so uh, expect any time now, you know, things may may start coming down. I know I've got my phone notifications on and ready to go, and I am going to uh, let Trevor do the sign-off here because I'm going to bounce because i have going to do a radio appearance to probably talking off a lot about <laughs> Western Conference Buyers and Sellers.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, have fun with that, Keith. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. And don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts as well, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Till then, stay safe. See ya.
2: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.